Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Montepelli, he's hit it through the ice. Oh yeah, and he's kicked it right through. Garlick, he likes these. He's hard up against the line though. He's able to keep it alive with his set. Oh, 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 How about that? Jeff Garlick, what a great goal. Round seven is in the books, and uh, as we do every week, we'll start with our highlight of the weekend. So, Josh, what do you got? What's your highlight from the last weekend of the footy? To be honest, just coming straight at it, it was um, North going 7-0. and I honestly didn't expect it with about a minute to go, but uh, pretty happy it happened. First time since 1979. Yeah, it's we, not a bad little effort. We didn't win the flag that year, so <laughs> don't know how we'll go this year, but uh, it's it's promising. Well, seven wins, is, I believe if you do the maths, that's the most number of wins you can get out of seven games. So, yeah, they've done it right. Yeah. Brenton, your highlight? Well, along the same sort of vein, but um, polar opposite side of the spectrum was that <laughs> Collingwood getting thumped and also Frio not notching a win really takes the pressure off the Tigers. So, <laughs> it's my ta- two highlights of the round. Doesn't so, take you much know, pressure off. I win seven. Yeah, a lot of people are calling Ross Lyon uh, James Bond. Um, on the social 007. media, double O seven, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll pay that. So yeah, it was it was just good to be able to scrape through without reading too much um, shit that's really going to tear at your heart like, on the internet. When you're on the bottom of the barrel, it's good that you, at least you're standing on somebody's head. Exactly, mm. exactly. Uh, for me, it was just one moment. Uh, a lot of the times, commentators call a player clever, or you know, geez, that's a smart decision. I yeah. actually saw somebody do something clever on the weekend, and it was really? Eddie Betts. In oh. The, yeah. Adelaide uh, West uh, Western Bulldogs game yeah. where he's running off to the bench and the Bulldogs have got a free kick near the bench or a mark and they've called play on and he's gone, no, nah, I can go lay a tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Did a big U-turn, laid the massive tackle. Well, it was huge and important part of the game too. Exactly it was. Didn't, didn't get on top, but I actually thought you were going to talk about his nutmeg through the legs and the boundary line. Yeah, not that a bad really effort. Cool. That was sensational. And just the good piece of um, intuitive play. Where, to be honest, I've never seen that before. Someone just paddle it through. I've seen someone try and handball it, but not paddle it through on the bench yeah. or like that. So, good to see. Yeah. What was better, that one or uh, Stringer spiking the ball onto Caleb Daniels' foot? Oh, that wasn't a bad effort. It's that, close, actually. Nice yeah. little volley. Yeah. Both, both in the same vein of amazing. I like how Caleb Daniels didn't even care. Like He, he didn't even know what was going on. Yeah. He, yeah. he was just running to the, to the square and, oh, bounced off his foot. It's almost Goal. involuntary. Yeah. But with the Eddie Betts ones, it's just being aware yeah, uh, what's going on? And yep. the closest I can ever recall of something similar like that was last year with Adelaide versus Carlton, when there was uh, a Carlton player was trying to run the ball over the goal line, yep. but the goal umpire hadn't called it. It's yep. just like, no, that ball's still in, and he stopped. And what Dangerfield did was he walked up to him. Right. <laughs> he didn't run up to him. He just yep. walked up to him. When he got to him, then he tackled him. <laughs> I thought, that is so clever. It's just, you know, concealing his hand that so way. It would have been better if he asked him for the ball back so he could kick it out for yeah. the point. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did see another Eddie Betts uh, clever move when he's grabbed the mark, um, open forward 50, Jenkins is in the goal square, and he's walked back the wrong way. 
uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say that that was a mistake from the umpire on that one. Well, yeah, it was, because that should have been yeah. play on for sure. We'll, we'll get to that game. Um, so we'll go Friday night, Richmond versus Hawthorne. Um, I've got to say, we've had a rough trot of Friday night footy this year. We've had a fair few Tigers games on Friday night, so I think that's probably half to blame. Really. It hasn't helped. This, I mean, even as a Hawthorne supporter, it wasn't great. Oh, look, as a, a neutral, it wasn't bad. Um, there were some pretty nice link-up plays, and... There were some interesting moments. Um, some shocking kicks. As a Tigers fan, it's the best game we've played all year. <laughs> you know what? It probably was yeah, for I the think, three quarters. It it's best three quarters we've played out of all quarters, I think. As soon as they announced Mitchell out, I almost changed my tip. But uh, then I remembered it was Richmond, and I was like, no, nah, I, I think I'll stick. It was a bit rough, old Mitchell going out just before the game. I know it would have fucked up a lot of people's super coaches. Not that I'm into super coach at all. Uh, Ruin Richmond's strategy, which, I mean, more to the point, uh, lost after that. Uh, they had a big plan to yeah. shut down Mitchell. And- well, the thing was, Richmond uh, looked at what other teams had done, and they'd followed uh, the plan that uh, one of the friends of the podcast, Sam, came up with, which was put a cunt on him. Um, unfortunately, because he wasn't playing, all their cunts were on him still, just sitting in the fucking bleachers. Yeah, they even had Jakey King come in for the game. <laughs> he was there ready for it. Um, I don't know how Sam Mitchell didn't play. He still got 24 touches. So, not a bad effort. Um, yeah, Bruce kicking six. Um, Gunston kicked, would he kick five? Something like that. Look, Billy Hartung. Yeah. I can't remember him having many games, to be honest, but uh, this is the best game I've seen him play. I think he's played about, I'm going to guess 20. 20 games, something like yeah, that. He, he's always been thereabouts, but um, to me, this is the game where he made a difference, whereas previously he was a good player in a team that was dominating. Yep. Previous, yeah. uh, last year, I think he, he owns the record for the sub-vest like the green vest. I think he had it 10 or 11 games. So yep. it's hard to make your mark when you're playing the last quarter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, it's good. I think, like you say, 28 touches, and I think he had 94% disposal efficiency or something like that. Really? Yeah. Oh, that shit. It's not a bad effort for a, a young lad. It's the, the most outside. memorable game of his he's had, as in I remember him playing this game. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think you saw the Tigers get exposed in the back line when they're trying to defend the incoming ball. But what, what I thought that they improved on was actually thinking about how they're going to get out across halfback as opposed to blazing the whole way. And I think um, what might have helped was, um, well, one thing I noticed, sorry, was Brandon Ellis started kicking on his left leg. So yes. I gave him, gave him heaps of shit about yep. not doing it. He did it and messed up a few times, but only one way you're going to be able to do it efficiently. And if he's going to be that running player out of halfback, he has to be able to do the switch and play both sides of the field. So a uh, big improvement from him, even though one step backwards, two step forwards kind of thing. So but That's right. That's what you need from him. Yeah. It, it's kind of stupid that he's this far into a career and then suddenly they're going, you know what, you might want to kick off your left foot. Yeah, but he's that's not it. the only one. Yeah. No, but I, even, I'd say I, it's majority. Yeah, I'd say 70%. Even you were saying last week, he's only like 22 or 23 or something, isn't he? Yeah, he's younger than we young, thought. Yeah, I thought he's way younger. Um, looks built like a shit house. So. Uh, Dustin Martin looked like he was going to tear the game apart in the first half. Yeah. Um, he was really on song. thing is, he did, and then we realised that we were getting choked up towards the um, centre-half forward, so they dumped him in the goal square, and we can't get the ball in there anymore, which is kind well, of defeats purpose, and you take Vickery off, and that was well, the of that. That's what I was about to say. Uh, Carey had a, a fair crack at that. Vickery, two hit. goals in two minutes. Fair crack at it. He talked about it for half an hour. Well, yeah. yeah. That was kind of his whole uh, commentary spiel. Uh, two goals in two minutes, and then they drag him off for, I think it was 11 minutes. Yeah, the the play was stuck over the other side of the field, so they just couldn't get someone to come off. But in that situation, you just tell someone, look, we'll sacrifice one man, just get a forward person in yeah. there so you can take a mark. Well, especially a guy like Vickery, who is a confidence player, and he's not up and about that often, but if he gets a roll on, he's pretty dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And you saw the um, 
the sort of lack of focus that Hawks had across the back line without Hodge or Mitchell there to really instruct it. But Jordan mm. Lewis stood up uh, great too. And I looked at him and he looks like he's trimmed down a lot. Like he's playing a bit more, doesn't look as, as laboring when he's going around the ground. He, he looks almost ill sometimes. He's got AIDS or something. He's so pale. He's yeah. always had that laconic style. Yeah, you know, yeah. Where he's never never going flat out, but he's always moving. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, so, pretty soon he's going to have to shave that head. It's getting there. It's getting close I, I reckon old uh, Jason Dunstall might have a word to him over the off-season coming up and say, mate, it's time <laughs> yeah. It's time to give it up. Yeah, he's uh, gone from the bald patch to the fryer tuck. That's the, it. The old uh, David Hale had to make that decision. <laughs> you, you Remember hide- when he was on the advance hair ads? It didn't last long, did it? <laughs> no. I was going to say, you can hide up behind the shave for your cure and just keep on going. <laughs> you try. Yeah. Try as you might. Um, but other than that, well, yeah, there was a little bit of uh, uncertainty for the Hawks coming out the back. There was a few times where one of the younger players would get the ball and they turn around and blind turn and then see nothing but Richmond jumpers and go, yeah. oh shit, I fucked up here. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, you know, it's just getting used to it. Yeah. And a consequence of not having Hodge there to tell them what to do, you know, instruct yeah. them. Yeah, but I mean, there's still plenty of premiership players there. That's you know? true. It's, a, it's still, I mean, the funny thing is, Hawthorne are five and two. At this time last year, they were four and three yeah. on their way to four and four, but looked way more convincing last year than they do right now. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I thought that, um, it's the blonde headed fellow, is it Langford? Langford, yeah. Langford. I think he did a yeah. lot of good stuff that wasn't directly um, attributed to stats. Like off yep. the ball, crashing packs, did his part to sort of fill in the gaps that he needs to fill. With, with Will Langford, he seems frantic. Like he's an exceptionally busy lad, yep. but he seems to be almost trying to do two things at once half the time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think he's still going to be a, a very uh, effective player, but he just needs to learn that. Uh, Veteran class. He needs to be, yeah, 5% quicker at everything. Like, yeah. not just um, spe- like running, but just getting the decision-making, yeah. uh, getting the ball to foot or ball to hand. Because he's so many times, he's in and under and he gets the ball first. Yeah. But then he gets tackled. But then he steps three times. Like, he goes left, right, left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just needs to just improve that 5%. Mm. Because what I, it won't happen, but he's at the same stage of where Josh Kennedy was when he was at Hawthorne. Is that just yeah. that big lumbering inside, too slow? And then Kennedy, obviously, we didn't have a spot for him. Well, this, and he's got make, it right, but... Decision-making is, the, I, I reckon, the ultimate skill for an AFL football player because you can have a bloke who's faster, who's stronger, who's bigger, whatever. If they make poor decisions, they're a liability. Yeah, especially off the field. <laughs> See, speaking of the Hawks, the Hawks yeah. got cleared of the rape charge. A couple of them, yeah. 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 So that's all in the clear now. Yeah, they're pretty... Anyway. Um, but, yeah... Um, Richmond, though, I, there's stuff to take out of that. It was their best game for the year. Yeah, yeah I thought was. Uh, Griffiths. He had a, a pretty good run in patches. Yeah, yeah patches. but he, he didn't. He had a good run, but he wasn't doing big man stuff. He wasn't doing the big man shit. He was doing sort of like mm. he dropped lots of marks. Didn't uh, I mean he didn't kick heaps of goals, especially from uh, outside fifty, which he's known for. Yeah, and I felt like uh, having him and Vickery in the forward line seemed too cramped. Well, when you've got Revolt as well, um, I, I did like how they're playing him up the ground a bit more. Yeah. It's like they finally looked at Nick Revolt and gone, hey, he does pretty well running up the ground. Do you reckon his cousin could do that? Oh, I don't know. Let's give it a fucking crack. Jack's a smart player, though. They've got to give him um, the chances to do things like that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I thought one of the uh, ways that Hawthorne won the game was actually Basha Hawley was made very accountable. So yeah. Usually, I think... Could go on AFL tables later on and have a look, but when was the last time he was kept to less than you know fifteen touches? 
because usually he's getting you know yeah. 21, 22, yeah. and, and might not be doing much. Well, the yeah. problem is, but he's getting been, it. They've been giving away such a high score that uh, all the points kicked. He has a kick in, and he gets a kick from that. Yeah. But anyway, the Hawks have got Frio next week, so that's I don't know. Mate, they need percentage. Is that well, here or are there? Uh, Does it neither. <laughs> oh, it's uh, Tassie. Tassie. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, that's, that's fucked Frio. So. Yeah. Uh, on to uh, Saturday, we had Collingwood versus Carlton. Oh, and this is... The Schadenfreude Cup. The f- well, we've had the Schadenfreude Cup about three weeks in a row, just about. <laughs> it's all... I mean, Collingwood play it every week. This actually was, I thought, was a, it was a bit watchable. of an exciting contest. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, the skills weren't quite there, but equally as... It was, better, it was better than I was expecting. Yeah. But I tell you, it's been uh, so long since Carlton have beaten Collingwood. Do you know the last time Carlton beat Collingwood, Hawthorne were not reigning premiers. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> That's how long it was. <laughs> Do you reckon uh, Gibbs ever takes his helmet off? Gibbs? I reckon he takes it off before the game and gives it to uh, Mark Murphy. Yeah, oh, yeah that's, that's what I reckon too. <laughs> Do you reckon Mark Murphy will take his helmet off? Yeah, after the game. Yeah, after he the gives game. it back to Gibbs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I reckon it's pretty good that Gibbs manages to mine Murphy's helmet. Yeah. What a, what a top bloke. Now, Murphy's playing all right since he's uh, donned the helmet, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things I heard somebody mention it, that uh, how superstitious players can become. So it might become a bit of a superstition for him. Who was the player? I, I did see a clip of... Um, oh, I don't think it was him, but I, I want to say Cruiser. Every match, walks up to the center square line, puts his left foot on it to tie his shoelace. Really? Really? Yeah. I've got a feeling it was either Murphy or Cruiser. Well, I'm going to have to find out about that. I love the stupid little um, superstitious things that uh, players do. Yeah. Well, I know right. there is like a theory of the white line fever is legit psychological theory where well, you'll Ben's see them when they're always line. running onto the field. Especially in cricket, you'll see him touch a flag or you'll see the football players look at the line and they'll train him. Like, when you look at that, that's where you just, your concentration that, that's starts. That's your Pavlovian response. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything, else, everything else, yeah, it's just practice. You keep on doing it every single time. Yeah. And as soon as you go across that, you stop thinking about everything else outside of your on-field life. And it does actually work. <laughs> it's actually a, you know, a legit theory. Yeah. Funny story about that one. Um, Proven. Petrie, he's considered one of the nicer blokes. You know, he, he's a pretty, oh, inoffensive bloke. Like, I don't think, uh, except for Brian Lake, no one's really tried to hurt him too much. Yeah. But um, one of the, apparently once he crosses the line, he's just switched on and angry and all that sort of shit. But uh, they were playing a practice match and McMillan was on him. McMillan was holding him, doing the backman kind of thing. And Petrie turned around, told him, don't fucking hold me again and punched him right in the face. <laughs> and well, uh, he's like, well, welcome to North, James. What did you learn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, back to Collingwood and Carlton, uh, Daisy Thomas has strung a good couple of games together. He did. And I think, like, because you were going back to saying that uh, Carlton haven't beaten Collingwood since, you know, Hawthorne was Would That would have been before Daisy came across. It would have been. Guessing. So this would be Daisy's first time of beating uh, his former club. It absolutely. And was, that had yeah. to be fucking sweet. And contributed. Surely that had to be sweet. But um, Casbolt finally uh, found the big sticks a bit. Kid a couple from Did the, it right, from actually. Nice presented well. Presented really well. Yeah, I mean, a bloke that marks like he does, though, should be kicking five a match. Yeah. He's... Probably one of the best marks in the comp, and just his kicking is freaking atrocious most of the time. But he managed to have a pretty good one this this week. Isn't it amazing how many shit kicks are in the AFL right now? Yeah, like guys that you would not trust from twenty out dead in front because you go through them. Right, you got Casbolt who's fucking useless. Yeah, 
Travis Cloak. Not in the AFL at the moment, but yeah. But he's still on an AFL list because John Butch is obviously the next one going to mention, and he hasn't played AFL this year, and probably unlikely. Jordan Roughhead. Jordan Roughhead from the other week. Even Jesse White, you wouldn't trust. No. But it's just shocking that there's so many. Like right now, you can think they are absolutely shocking kicks and are a liability when they get the ball. It's kind of like the pretty girl with the messed up teeth. You're just like, oh, you're almost there. Just if we can just work on that one little thing. Yeah. Um, and one thing I thought that Sam Carriage has been one of the pickups of this season. I thought he's really filled a role at um, Carlton and improved his stocks. Um, especially, uh, was Ed Kernow playing the all of last year? He had a little bit of time off, didn't he? No, he played uh, most of last year. He had a good year, year last year. He had a, well, it was before they had a broken leg or broken arm or something. Yeah, something like so that. So they really lacked his um, skill because he was another one of the young guns that came in and did a really... Really good first season. Well, he was one of the ones who, I remember when they'd given the season away, he was one of the ones that didn't quit. He was one of the yeah. last ones to quit. I think they made a change with him too. And I don't know if it was when Malthouse left or just before he left. Because he used to be the tagger. Yeah. And they went, you know what? Why are we tagging? We're, we're yep. losing by 100 every week. Why bother? Yeah. Go and get a kick. And it turns out, eh, he's not too bad. Even yeah. So to pull 13 tackles, that's pretty substantial. Yeah. Yeah. I think the record's 19. But uh, 13 is a damn good return. Well, he's always um, in people's faces and making sure his presence is there and being an annoying Which bastard. Every team pack, has so that player. You have to do it. Looks a bit like Steve-O, so... Colin would have got 20 of them. <laughs> yeah. um, Plus admin. So where is Colin would sit? I saw on uh, the TV that they're four wins from their last 18 games. Yeah. You've got to say, um, it's not all Buckley's fault, but geez, he's got to be in there. It is, yeah. Well, when you get... Every player you ask for, and they got Aish and uh, Trelaw, which they were crowing about. Um, Trelaw's the best player at the moment. Yeah, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> when they've had the preseason they wanted, they've got the best facilities in the AFL. Mm. So it comes down to, all right, you've got the players you want, you've had the preparation you want. You could say, yeah, they've been savaged by injuries in the last few seasons, but... You've had five years. It's been yeah. five years of injuries. So your preparation isn't right, and or your injury prevention shit. isn't right. So... What's what's left? What can you change? Either you've got to change your methods of uh, preparing for a game, change your game plan, or change the guy who's in charge of those things. It's- change your game. Hit up NRL. I don't know. Hollywood <laughs> Magpies in the. I like to see him try some volleyball. No, no taking control of the ball. Let's just volley it down the field. See how they go. What what can it harm? They're not winning, so yeah. you may as well give it a shot. This is true. This is I think true. they lost another two players out of this game too. Ben Reid looks like he's done a shoulder and really? uh, Tim Broomhead looks like he's done his uh, ankle or Achilles or some shit. So uh, he's in trouble again. So there'll be a couple more spots there. Uh, and on the other side of it, Travis Cloak pulled out of the EFL with a sore back. Although I noticed that the uh, Collingwood Twitter um, at the time said that he was pulled out because he was an emergency for the, uh, the uh, AFL game. Oh. But it uh, turned out full of shit. Full of shit, yeah. Got a broken heart, bad yep. back. Um, 60,000 at the MCG for this match, which is pretty good for two shit teams. Yeah, you got to say it's not bad. It was the biggest crowd of the weekend. Yeah. Um, if there was 40 that rocked up, everyone would go, yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah. So they did all right to get 60. Having said that, you know, two years ago, this is 80, 85. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, Hawks and Tigers on the Friday night only got 50-odd, I think. Yeah, that's that. uh, that's Tigers' fault, that one. Yeah, yeah Looking at the, the, the crowd, though, on the telly, uh, which is a bit, makes it a bit hard to tell, it seemed like it was maybe even uh, a predominantly Blues crowd. At the very worst, I'd say it's 50-50. Oh, you watched the last half? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But anyway, there's uh, Carlton have got three wins on the trot, and I didn't think they win three wins all year. Yeah. So and it looks like they've almost they've probably done themselves out of the number one draft pick already. Yeah. I, I think they've it's gone. Do you reckon they've moved from the dud to promising? Yeah, absolutely. They well, have at that at some points of that game they actually look cohesive as a team, yeah. which is a pretty big step forward for a team that was in the shambles. So they're three and four, and they haven't looked shocking in their four losses. Their four losses were some of their better. Well, games. they should have beat Richmond. Let's be honest, and yeah. Richmond should be zero seven. So. Chuck that one in there and almost contending for the Richmond Cup. Well, the good thing is it's been a pretty even contribution as well. Like They're not relying on a single player to yeah. uh, get them up every week. Say, but a couple of standouts that have shown themselves. Yeah, standouts. Yeah. But, um, they didn't rely on them. They just all, they showed themselves. Yeah, a lot of different players have stepped up at different times. Even Liam Jones had his moment yeah. in the line. <laughs> Kate no, Simpson. Uh, Kate Simpson played very well this game. I th- I'd say... Uh, round one, Patrick Cripps was taking them on their shoulders. Like he yeah. dominated for them. Mm. But since then, I think the uh, slack has been picked up by everyone. Yep. You got to remember, Weedering didn't play as well. He's out yeah. for a couple of weeks with his shoulder. Yeah. And that's so. that's I, I hate that because he's one of the best backmen, a great player, definitely the best rookie backman uh, to uh, to watch play footy. Yeah. All right, on to the next game, and we've got West Coast Eagles that failed to win away. Uh, against the Geelong Cats, but do, I don't know. There was a lot made during the week about West Coast struggles away from home. I think that's a disservice to Geelong. They're a, a top two team. Well, I mean, that's that's right, though. I mean, West Coast this year have lost away to Geelong, yeah, away to Sydney, and away to Hawthorne. But Which are three teams will be in the conversation for the Premiership. Yeah, they're three of the top five um, in the betting for the, for the Premiership. I mean, who expects to go to Geelong and win? Or go yeah. to Sydney and win. Nobody does. They've lost against three good teams. And I think that the the root of this criticism from West Coast is that if they want to win a flag, they've got to win at the MCG. But there is a huge difference between playing a regular season game away from home and playing a grand final at the MCG. Yeah, huge yeah. difference. Like there's so many different factors that come into it, and the crowd is not even nearly the same because most tickets are corporate or whatever. Yeah. And there's not really a, a one-sided fan base there. So, yeah, I think people need to just play off the Eagles a bit. And their away record might not be too great, but their playing finals record is going just well. Well, look, out of those three games, they wouldn't want to be 0-3, obviously. But yeah. 0-3 away against Geelong, Sydney and Hawthorne isn't really that unexpected for any team. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's just the way it goes. Uh, it does three losses though makes it very hard to finish top two, which is what they need for um, home oh. finals throughout the final series. Yeah. So I think you can only afford maybe four or five losses for the entire year. Mm. Having said that, they've done the hardest part of their draw. Yeah. The, the hardest parts are all behind them now. Um, yeah. And they're just getting warmed up. They're still top four. Easy. I. No, I, I think I'd put them in that five, six, seven mark, just because I I do think uh, Geelong, uh, Sydney, and um, Hawthorne are going to be in the top three. Yeah. Trying, to, trying to play it sweet, are you? Trying to play it, play down the old uh, the, ruse. The ruse, yeah. I know four. I was going to yeah, say, who do you reckon is going to be four then? I, so, I without, <laughs> without saying. So uh, you that, uh, having said that, I I picked Geelong as number one before the season, and I'm not changing that. Just two. getting warmed up. And when you look at this game, look at the center work of Geelong was just, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy and expected. Yeah. Yeah. But and with both of these teams, like a lot of teams you'd say, oh, one player goes out and they're in trouble. Nah. Neither <laughs> team are going to miss a single player as badly as a lot of other teams. I mean, obviously you get a Dangerfield or a Gaff or a Brutus drop out. It affects a team, but it's a much smaller effect because they've got so many top quality mids to take the load. 
Yeah, and the thing is, it's the outside work that's really killing teams because you've got Selwood who does the in and under work, and you look at the stats, clearances was 44 to 32, and inside 50s was 60 and 43, and that's flattering for West Coast because yeah. halfway through that game, it was just an absolute onslaught. And when you got Guthrie and you had um, Dangerfield and Motlop had a killer game, and he's had a killer season so far, these guys stepping up and running through the midfield over at uh, Gdynia, whatever the fuck they call it now, was just incredible to watch. Cadinia, it's uh, Simmons Stadium, yeah. yeah but uh, was Cadinia? Who gives a shit? Do they yeah. do they say Simmons Stadium in uh, the song? Gives a fuck. No, I think they still say down at Cadinia Park. Yeah, well, it, it kind of no doesn't idea. really work to change it. I don't think. But um, yeah, they had winners all over the ground, and like you said, Motlop's uh, in brilliant form. He's making those stupid snaps that Stevie J would, yeah. which he's always had the ability. Ooh, his to hand do. passes that were the standouts in this game. He had some mm. awesome ones, just really opened up out of the packs, like one over the head. The vision well, that's, lit up. That's um, the second was it point. Duncan for the goal outside of fifty? Was it someone else? No, it wasn't Duncan. But it was um, awesome work. Criticism of Motlop is that he takes those point post behind the head back sort of crazy shots when he should be passing. Mm. But uh, yeah. they've really had a good unselfish forward line. Well, he's been playing, I think, a lot more around wings and pushing the ball the into forward. Yeah. I think he's really had a lot, a lot forward, and that's been sort of a rejuvenation of his career. I think well, he's very hard to tackle. Anyway, um, I. Can't see why they wouldn't have tried to push him up further. Um, yeah, you just got a feeling that uh, it's going to be very hard for Geelong to be stopped in in any game. For yeah. The rest of the year. Although, absolute cracker next Friday night. But, uh, we'll get to that when we get to on to the next round. Uh, up to the SCG Sydney versus Essendon turned into. Was there any in, ever in doubt though? It's almost a training run. Right. No bookie would take uh, a, a massive bet on Sydney. It, Whatever odds you set, you're giving it away. Well, it was pretty greasy up there. And yeah. I mean, well, I was listening to the commentary and they were trying to act like it had been a sunny day and it was beautiful <laughs> weather. And you look at it as greasy. It's yep. like the, the lights everywhere. are on. It's glinting off of the grass. And you're like, hang on, there's something not right here. So when I saw that and the first quarter was a bit, you know, back and forth. And I thought it could actually be a contest if it rains again. Because you've got mm. young, yeah. young sort of Essendon players that can really get in amongst it and sort of offset the skill of Sydney. But it wasn't to last because uh, Sydney eventually found their feet and just put the hammer down. That was it. It's yeah. just too classy. I mean, they, Essendon stuck with them for a little while, but um, it, was, it was never in doubt. Uh, and you just know that Buddy, one, loves playing against Essendon, and two, doesn't mind it when it's greasy. Yeah. Just a lazy six. Yeah. And he he could have made it 10. Yeah. But, uh, he yeah. gave away a couple he, of He gave away balls. some very unselfish goals. Like He would have had every right to, to put them in his own pocket. And he didn't look like he was out of second gear. No. He, yeah. he knew no one on their team could match him for body or pace and just exploited that every chance he got. Well, except for one goal where he had about four people tackle him. He broke one, dodged around the other, turned around, did his taxes, then kicked the goal. And once you break two, it's almost like a challenge. You're like, yeah. well, I've come this far. <laughs> I've may as well going. keep on going. <laughs> I mean, yeah, why not? A, a highlight for me in this match was actually Nathan Grimer managing to finish his first match since uh, retiring and coming <laughs> yeah. back. Um, it's funny when some players leave your team, we've talked about it before, you you want them to pretty much spontaneously combust on the field, but he's one of the blokes where I hope he does well. When they go to another club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he, he's a nice bloke, by all accounts, funny bastard. Um, just his body's let him down, and... Well, that's got enough old fellows in North Melbourne too. So, I mean, <laughs> there's only so many people you can put in, you know, give a paycheck. And uh, just quietly, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Essendon on their Facebook page put up a, you know, a post just to ask the fans and and drive traffic through, whatever. And said, you know, what do you think of Mark Bagley getting put uh, to the forward line? 
So Mark Bagley replied. <laughs> he's done a great job, and I think he's a top bloke too, so it's win-win. Well, there's some interaction like, for you. Brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. And then Essendon uh, Facebook page replied, like, thanks, we'll pass on your feedback to the coaches. <laughs> Anything else you want to say? <laughs> oh, good on you. I don't, care. I don't care if that was a setup. Good. Well, it's a positive headline for Essendon, which uh, there's been few of those, and they've been very far between. <laughs> But uh, how's uh, speaking of absolutely shocking kicks, and we were before, Joey Danaher. Gone yeah. a couple of weeks now without a goal. Jeez, and he had some shocking attempts too. Didn't look likely at all. Mind you, he's in a side that's going to get flogged, you know, more weeks than not. It's so true. It's hard to keep, uh, especially for a young player, to keep the motivation up. Yeah. But did it's all s- about. Sorry. I was going to. Did you see the slow motion video of him? When he, yeah, a couple of weeks ago when yeah. he missed the. Uh, missed the ball. Which, uh, yeah, soccer off the ground. In uh, was that against Collingwood? Was that Anzac Day? I, I think, think it so. Was. Yeah, it was a complete yeah. airy. Yeah. And then uh, Sam Grimley missed nearly the same thing um, the following week against Carlton. But uh, look, there is, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one good thing about the Essendon team this year, and that's Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. Absolutely. And said it nearly every week about how quick, how smart. How composed he looked and competitive. He he looks like he wants to be there, wants to compete. Whereas I think half the people there don't. Well, yeah. he's a rookie player, so he's been upgraded because of the players that have been set out. Um, they won. That that's. Oh yeah, they found something out of this yeah. year. So when they get all, all their players back, and it looks like they're going to get most of their twelve players back, or ten, however many it was. Um, he's he's walk up best twenty two next year. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Because um, if he's not. Another team will pick him up. Absolutely. Badly. Well, I think the other standout, or the other good thing about the season for Essendon is um, Darcy Parrish. Is it Parrish? Darcy Parrish? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, got the Rising Star nod. Yep. Uh, I thought he's been a uh, standout for them and another positive that's going to come out of this year. Was he rested or injured? I've got a feeling he was rested. I think he might have been rested. I think yeah. rested, but... Um, I don't remember so him being injured, so... I'm you'd sure hope he's not injured. You wouldn't be disappointed to get rested for the trip up to Sydney yeah. at the minute yeah, when exactly. you're playing for Plus, a man that's got a uh, young kid full of confidence... Done some good games, showing really want to destroy it by sending up Sydney and yeah. get a walloping. See, I'd, I'd, no need for that shit. I'd actually take him up there, just get him to look at the Sydney mids and say, look, look at the way these guys go about it because they're probably the, the most talented bunch of mids going around at the moment. Well, yeah, that's true, but he can do that from the sidelines, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> just watching on yeah. video days. You need to go get a fucking cane while he's doing it. <laughs> yeah, you see that? Douche! <laughs> hey, do you reckon uh, they could have put someone on Isaac Heaney at some stage? I don't think it'd matter. I'm sure they would have, would have thought about it, and then they, they thought, well, the best form of defence attack. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they asked. So, hey, Cooney, you want to jump on Heaney? Like, fuck like that. that. <laughs> uh, it's uh, absolutely tearing it up. Um, and the other big find, I think, for Sydney this year has been Dane Rampey down back. He's starting to string some games together. Yeah. He's almost filling in that uh, Malcheski role that they've been missing since he left last year. Yeah. Um, so a bit more good hard at it, I thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah. making yeah. good decisions. One thing I found hard to watch is McKernan. Um, I thought last year he showed a lot of determination and a bit of promise. Yeah. This year he's just, he, he's still trying, but I just don't think he's got it. Yeah. I, if not for, you know, what had happened with the 12, he probably wouldn't have a gig this year, and I don't think he'll have a gig next year. He did his, I mean, he got an, a rookie upgrade over the off-season. And as far as I'm concerned, he earned it on I oh, did. He earned that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's hard It's hard to be in the ruck, especially against Sinclair and, and Tippett. Sinclair's a genuine uh, skyscraper. Mm. And Kurt Tippett's no short, but he's obviously very, very strong. So McKernan's not really going to be winning too many ruck contests on the day. Well, you got five hit-outs and 11 touches. And you look at Lewenberger, who got 21 and 12 touches. So yeah, There's only one less touch. 
Yeah, you know? but it's a lot less hitouts. Yeah, that, what does it matter for the hitouts though? Because even if they won the hitouts, I mean, do you think that Zacharakis and Crowley and Merritt are going to beat Kennedy, Mitchell, Hanbury, Parker? Oh shit, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, it's always going to be struggle in the middle for them. So uh, yeah, they're going to at least pad your own stats. The the other scary thing about Sydney, they've got some some uh, big wins behind them already. But uh, I was having a look at their twos, and they still got you know Brandon Jacks running around in the twos, and yeah. a couple of other good players. So they've got a bit more depth than uh, what they're used to having, yeah, or have had in the last couple of years. On top of that, they found you know, Callum Mills was always going to be a star, yeah, and they got through the academy picks and uh, Tom Papley, yeah, who was a, a nobody who's kicked a goal every game, I think. Yeah, and what I found with the young kids that, or not the young kids, but the um, mid twenties that the Sydney Swans have picked up was it's changed a sort of transition from a very defensive mindset in their game plan to yeah. where they can turn on and, and have an attacking spurt which is just deadly yep. they've got that run through the middle and it's almost like a, a wave that comes through uh, what do you think sparked that it's, it's the big bloke up forward isn't it oh it's got to be yeah I exactly like, I was going to say the um, two hand cut off I, I, was, I was trying to just name their midfield yeah, all that <laughs> like, how do you reckon if they were doing the lockdown back and we'll move it up forward slowly with yeah. the big $10 million man sitting up forward, yeah. you're saying, guys, fucking now. Yeah. Get down here quick, and I'll take care of the rest. Or I'll go up and get it myself. Yeah. I came here because your ground's short as fuck. So, <laughs> seriously, one kick. Get Stewie Jew back in his you know, Guernsey. I came here to kick goals from the centre square and chew gum. <laughs> yeah. And I'm all out of centre squares. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, Sydney, uh, top two. I can't yeah. see him going lower yeah. than three for the rest of the year. I was going to top two for the next few years. Uh, the Gold Coast Suns got a bit of a pants in at the hands of Melbourne. I, and their supporters. And their supporters. <laughs> well, that's something, all right? There's dickheads in every crowd. And I think yep. if you're yelling abuse at players as they come off, you're quite firmly a dickhead. Yeah. But... At least they've got a passionate supporter. Yeah, yeah. There's that inkling of it. At least they're showing something. Yeah. Having said crowd, that, though, if you're going to have a crack at a bloke and it's Gary Ablett Jr., yeah. like, what credential can you possibly have to think... I reckon I'm going to teach him what he should be doing to play footy. Gary Ablett Senior? Yeah. He's yeah. about the only one. And, I mean, <laughs> and even then, he'd probably, you know, keep uh, keep it to the forward line kind of thing. Premiers, Dad. Brownlows, how many you got? <laughs> Sorry, Ben. If he wasn't a big enough legend, he's gone there and actually just calmly told him, look, just, just settle down, mate. You know, just take it easy. I mean... Oh, you would forgiven him. Richo just giving out the fingers to everyone, so... <laughs> I, I did want to see him you know, give him the sign of the cross. Just yeah. bless him. Yeah. Bless yeah. you, my son. Somehow I imagine Melbourne doesn't have that <laughs> Suck issue. Suck my dick. <laughs> imagine Melbourne uh, copping that with Max Gordon and Nathan Jones. I just can't imagine a Melbourne supporter... Well, for a start, uh, most of them probably head undercover once it gets a bit rainy. But uh, I can't imagine Max Gorn and Nathan Jones being the target of that sort of verbal tirade. I can't imagine the Gold Coast Suns would do it with Stevie May in the fucking crowd. <laughs> <laughs> it's when they're out in the ground, you're safe. But I'll give the bloke the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he was having to go at Ablett personally. Yeah. I think it was the team in general. Yeah. And it's because they've lost four on the trot now. Yeah. But again, I didn't expect them to win this game. And I, I didn't, ex- yeah. you know, especially they've got shallow list. Yeah. Um, they didn't look terrible. Oh, in patches. But I mean, Melbourne has still put 40, 50 points on them or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah I think though, that undersells Melbourne. I think they're a, they're a good side. They're not just a promising side now. They're a final side. Yeah, they're going to yeah. be finals to shake without a doubt. Uh, and Gorn is the the best tap ruckman going around. Uh, and then you got Jones, Viney. Viney who um, got a bit of a knock, which is a bit unfortunate. But, uh, Viney Vince Petrarca, I thought had a really good game. 
That was his standout game. It was like playing him in the form, playing against a pretty um, timid Gold Coast Suns. He had, had a lot of room to move. Yeah. Um, this is game number two for him, wasn't it? Kicked a couple. Yep. So yep. that's all right. Even uh, Cam Pedersen got three, which uh, for a guy who's been in the system a while and hasn't really managed to cement his spot, it's really promising. He's for a threatened a few well. times. He's, him yeah. and Hogan are a great duo up forward because you need your two key position forwards. Yeah, totally and agree. Pedersen covers uh, a little bit more ground. Um, so it's a, it is a great tandem that they can put a lot of years behind. Yeah. I um, thought um, Tommy Lynch did some pretty good stuff up forward, which is pretty much the only standout for Gold Coast. Has been this year, goals. I think. Yeah. Oh, no, Aaron Hall's been good all year. Yeah, that's true. He's been Actually, he's been awesome. He's been awesome. Um, but Lynch still presented himself well and also followed up his um, crashing the packs, yep. which uh, took Miller, did a little bit of that sometimes when he was down there. But apart from that, they were really lacking that department. So he bombed him forward and Tom Lynch would get spoiled and there's no one else. So he ended up roving yeah. his own work and, and sort of stayed it from there. Oh, well, if no one else is going to pick up your garbage, you may as well do it yourself. That's exactly right. One way to get a kick. Or pull your own wood. I found Malcheski a bit disappointing again, though. Like He did a couple of smart things, but overall he just seemed a bit ineffective. Yeah, well, I mean, that's pretty much been his season, except for last week. Like, yeah, last week, you were like, yeah, actually did something couple. good. Um, what's interesting, I uh, read Nathan Jones uh, had an interview or a post-game press conference or something where he said um, they're going to keep the lid on it. Okay, they've they scored, well, they scored 160 mm, or something so silly. One by, one by 80, 70 points, whatever. And he said, you know, we're going to keep a lid on it. We're not going to celebrate too much because the boys had celebrated a little bit too much before with their other wins. Look, Wow, you've won two in a row. That, that's you went out and celebrated. Yeah, how much are you celebrating winning rounds four and five? <laughs> like, that it's some, well, when it somewhere. hasn't been done since 2011, you celebrate that shit. Yeah, yeah but, so one of them was the Anzac round, so probably got a few rounds two up <laughs> going on. But I thought it's they celebrated it enough for the captain to mention it. Yeah, I'm like, geez, guys, <laughs> how starved of it have you been? Well, say, let's be honest, pretty fucking bad. Pretty fucking starved. <laughs> sounds yeah, like exactly, there would be some fines or suspensions handed out if they weren't doing so well. Well, Melbourne up and about. I think they're, they're playing footy that you want to watch. Yeah, they're good to mm. watch. Um, I also saw during the week uh, on the Hawthorne Facebook page they put out you know their little videos and they did a Q and A with Luke Hodge. Yeah, he said Jack Viney's his favourite player. So he's got everything you want. He goes hard at it, and he's the one that runs in and stands up for the players when there's been you know a bit of uh, knockabouts going on. Yep. So I thought that's not a bad little uh, tip of the hat. All right, so when do Hawthorne play Melbourne? We play them twice this year. Well, Viney's getting knocked the fuck out in one of them. <laughs> you want to play it before Hodge gets back. <laughs> at, uh, yeah, Melbourne are sitting uh, ninth or tenth at the minute, um, and I reckon that's about uh, that's not too bad for them. Because they've had uh, hard games. Yeah, but uh, that loss to Essendon, I reckon, come round twenty three is really going to hurt them. I still think they're going to be comfortably in the eight. I think they'll sit seven or eighth, but they'll have a, a game clear on the next bloke, so they might be able to rest come round uh, twenty three. Yeah, I don't think either club making the eight. I think Gold Coast <laughs> treading water. I think Melbourne, Gold Coast are going down. Best they'll end up doing, I reckon, is probably about twelfth. Mm. Look, uh, Curry had a good game though. Like uh, considering he's against Gorn, who's one of the best blokes going around, I thought he was. Not uh, not entirely destroyed. He's still, really, he's still a first-year player. I know it's yeah. not his first year on a list, and he's debuted before, but he's still a first-year player. Absolutely. On to, the, clearly, the game of the round. Yeah. Uh, Bulldogs versus the Crows. Um, lived up to the hype after the final last year. But uh, all the talk was, unfortunately, about the umpiring again. I'm going to say... I thought it was all about the Guernseys. Wasn't it? Uh, it's interesting how they're all blaming the umpires and pulling out the umpires' counts. 
nobody's gone and said, you know what, Crows, maybe keep your arms down. Yeah, exactly. Let's, 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 not, let's not wrap around people's necks. Get to the ball first. Well, well, the, the stat that was mentioned, well, a couple of them, but uh, predominantly it was Western Bulldogs are number one for freeze four and dead last for freeze against, which playing to the umpire is a skill. Um, and if you're first of the ball, you'll probably get the free kick. But um, I honestly, on the other stat was uh, it was seventeen to one in the last quarter or something like that. Freeze for, I oh, know seventeen to one from one particular umpire. Um, freeze to bulldogs, but I didn't look at many of them and say, "No, nah, that's a complete wrong call." Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. There's a difference between a bad call and a wrong call. Yeah, um, a bad call is something because it is. So much is subjective, and yep. it's where the umpire is, what he can see. It's in the heat of the moment. Uh, I reckon probably 80% of free kicks could go uh, either way or no decision. Yeah. But yeah. it's in that moment you've got to make a call. So there are some times where there are bad calls. Um, there was one uh, in Hawthorne and Richmond game where the ball was touched by the Richmond player, and then the other Richmond player marked it five minutes behind him. Yeah. yeah you can yeah. see it on the replay, it was touched, but. There's no way an umpire could see that from 20 metres away in front of uh, 50,000 people. Yeah. That's a bad call, but you live with it because it happens. Yeah, and there's no way we want to have uh, a TV replay. Yeah, for every decision. Like, can you imagine that? They wait, they do the replay box signal, and then it's like, oh, fuck this. But ones like the deliberate out-of-bounds last weekend with uh, McDonald for North, that's a wrong call. So that one you're allowed. That's something to complain about. It's still a hard rule to officiate because essentially you're asking the umpire to be a mind reader. Yeah, but that one was clearly wrong. Yes, it was because it was a marking wrong. contest. Mm. But so there are bad calls, and you go, "All right, that's part of the game. That's just the rub of the green." Um, you can't say it's the rub of the green. Oh, but we've had the rub of the green, the bad rub all the time. It doesn't. You don't understand what the rub of the green means. Then mm. it's just, you can't complain about the rub of the green. It's just something that happens. It's like complaining about the oval fucking ball. If, if that's what you signed up for, that's what it's all about. Bad decisions. You're. Uh, that's all they are. Wrong decisions are what you can worry about. Mm. And I didn't see any wrong decisions. No, I mean, you know, I haven't, obviously haven't gone through it with a fine-tooth comb because um, I'm not going to do that. But from memory, there weren't any I go, oh, that, the ump's had a howler there. Jeez, he's got that well wrong. Anyway, it pisses me off talking about umpires. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, in general. Look, and absolutely, you're entitled to be salty when your team loses and an umpiring, umpiring decision was involved in the last few minutes. But... Just, just get over it. But the, the good things about the game, uh, Josh Jenkins only had nine kicks, but eight of them were goals. Um, he, a few times he was on the end of the good work, but that's your job as a key forward sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah, most of them for like, probably no more than 30 minutes out too, which is what you want. I mean, he's getting good delivery. But some good big marks too, yeah. though. But that's listen, his job. That's listen to the commentary co- too. Um, a couple of them were getting into techs, saying he hasn't really done much, but he was involved in a lot of score, I thought. Uh, I thought this is, was probably his worst game for the year because he dropped a lot of marks. He did, actually. Yeah. But they're, they're saying that this is a couple of weeks of bad play. He was great against Hawthorne the other week. Hmm. Um, he's been giving off so many goals. He's the best handballing key position forward in the league. Um, he's making so much play for them up forward. I thought he'd been playing well. It's just he's not the one kicking the goal, that's all. I think too. As a captain, his job is also to get the team involved. Like, there's no point... If he kicks 10, but they get trounced every week, he's not doing his captain's job. Which, uh, as a, a forward and a captain, he needs to make sure that the, the team's running well, that uh, they're sticking to structures, that they're playing their team rules, and that the whole team is up and about. And I think he does that brilliantly. Of course he is. Um, it's good to see, uh, on the Bulldogs side of things, Jack Redpath uh, get on the scoreboard a few times. 
Um, I think they've obviously missed that big uh, forward target. Yeah. And the fact that they've got him there, and he's not dominating the game, but you can see how well that um, what Jakey Stringer plays with a forward, another forward target. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's the biggest thing. Every time uh, Jack Redpath plays, just see how Jackie Stringer goes. Because Stringer's had his best game for the year um, against the, the Crows on this one. I'd say so. Uh, he certainly had his best highlights. Yeah, Sorry. except for the goal of the week he got the other week. Well, yeah, it's Brisbane. The that dash, was, dash, that was dash. All right. But um, his work rate around the goals was best yeah. I've seen. And like you said, uh, right at the top, that nice little tap to Caleb Daniel on the goal line. Not a bad little effort at all. Yeah, it's funny. That could win goal of the week and it wasn't even his goal. But it's amazing. Like, Crows have lost three tight ones now um, yeah. against uh, top oh, finals bound sides. So, it's again, it's a bit like the West Coast. Not games you'd expect them to win and all away from home. Mm. But the hardest part of their draws behind them as well. The thing is, too, Bulldogs got a lot of players to come back that are going to make them even better. And some that won't come back, though. Well, That's unfortunate. Whatever, yeah. maybe. Well, nah, he's, he'll play next year, old Bob. It'd be a shame if he didn't. But uh, I think his form would be good enough that the fact that he's a little long in the tooth won't won't hurt him. He can play till he's forty the way he's going. I think he's got a lot. Of, he's got enough chips on the table to get a, a nod for next year, anyway. I, I absolutely say so. If he doesn't play, it's only because he doesn't want to. That's the yeah. only reason he won't play next year. But uh, especially with you know the young lads, you got Libertore, Wallace, and Bontempelli. They're brilliant players to watch, and then Hunter as well. Hey, yeah. speaking of Liber. How good was that chase down on Rory Sloan? Yeah, Rory yeah. Sloan's given him the duke, and he's uh, missed out and thought, I'll, I'll get him. I've got to make up for this. Right. I haven't seen that since, was it Sam Day who caught uh, Boomer Harvey about three years ago at uh, Eddie Had? Can't remember, to be honest. Yeah, blocked that one out. <laughs> um, yeah, it was fantastic to see. But look, another great game. The Bulldogs, to be honest, could have won it by more if they kicked straighter. Um, but uh, that happens sometimes. At least they had the... Uh, the weight of opportunity that uh, the missed ones didn't matter too much. Well, from memory, Bulldogs haven't been the most accurate side going around. Missed a couple. Yeah. But uh, no, it was an entertaining game, and it's uh, nice to have a, a nice, tight, hard contest where a bit of skill was on show too. Kyle Hardigan's playing right for the Crows down back too. Mm. On to Fremantle versus GWS. Um, it's a shame to say it, but this is Frio's best game, and they still lost. But it's the best they've played this year. Yeah, also, uh, apparently the final broadcast from AFL Dude. Yes, it was the last game. The streaming site, uh, AFL Dude, got shut down. Um, look, I've been on the AFL Live Pass for the last couple of years, and I don't see what the problem is with it. I quite like it. No, I've um, managed to hook up, uh, wife's got the Telstra phone, hook that up to the big TV, and... Uh, yeah, looks it, great. It's fine. I mean, people that complain about uh, it's not super high def and, you know, why isn't it HD? And Channel 7 isn't super high def either. Why can't we, you know, have it, uh, you know, this is 2016, we should have, be having all this. Yeah, but you don't. You've yeah. Got... yeah. I'll tell you what, you can get best definition if you just do walk up at the G and wander on in. Yeah. Like maximum def there. Well, it's pretty hard to see Fremantle versus GWS from there. But <laughs> but if you've got your phone and you're at the G, you can still watch it. Oh, yeah. I have seen people do that as well. <laughs> I've done it. But on the train in between. Uh, yeah. Watched the game that Eddie had, caught the train over to MCG and watched the game in between. <laughs> but um, look, uh, Giants, I thought, were thought their way out of this one very well. Um, yeah. Because Fremantle were putting the screws on. Um, but to GWS, they showed composure. 
Yeah. In a, in a week of um, a lot of talk about icing the clock, I thought it was pretty gutsy of Maine to ice the clock uh, towards the end of the game when they're actually behind by over a goal. Um, not uh, not the most intelligent use of time, I would have thought. When did you do that? I don't remember that. Right at the end of the game. Was it? He had a mark about uh, 50 out, walked on back, uh, took his sweet-ass time, and uh, didn't really do much with it. And they blew the siren, and it's kind of like, well... Are you that... sure you're not thinking of the Carlton game? Yeah, I make no promises. Yeah, I think you're thinking of the Carlton game, where he had the shot after the siren. But uh, in this one, ice in the clock was uh, Dylan Shield. We had a sh- mm. lined up for a from shot 80 out. from 80. Jesus. Because it means he gets longer to take the kick. Um, which is something we didn't talk about in the North game, which is coming up. Um, it's, I thought it was just a, a great back-to-back effort from GWS. First time they ever won over in WA. Yeah, I thought um, Callum Ward did really good uh, work in and under the packs. Put his um, head over the ball and got lots of the hard balls, which, I mean, they need, especially with the uh, injuries they've had to Shield and everyone yeah. else who, who's been the strong sort of forward movers for them. I think, too, a, a big thing of GWS is they're starting to get a bit of fear about them. Like, people who are teams who are playing them now are starting to think, geez, I've got to get a little bit worried here. You've got to watch a lot of players. Yeah. yeah. Um, your wallet and your territory. <laughs> <laughs> but then look at guys like, you know, Mumford, Patton, Cameron. They're players that can tear you up. Yeah, well, I actually thought they did well with Jeremy Cameron. He was kept mm. very quiet, um, considering that his matchup is probably usually Michael Johnson, and he's out injured. Yeah. Um, so they did all right um, keeping him quiet. Because he, he kicked five goals last week yeah. against Hawthorne. But, I mean, Something they had the, like that, yeah. the run of the field then too. So, Well, on top of that, you can throw in um, Coniglio, uh, Shield, and even uh, Stevie J. If you're not uh, trying to keep them honest, you're going to have a hard time winning. And uh, yeah, I thought this was very much more a Frio type of game as well. Yeah. So uh, the fact that uh, GWS was still comfortable in in, in the victory, yeah, I thought um, said a lot about where they've come now. If last week being Hawthorne by seventy didn't, yeah, if you if you're a bit unsure yeah. still, and had <laughs> yeah, a few more exactly. excuses up your sleeves, yeah, if if their odds are less than six to one for the premiership, take them. Yeah, yeah, they're well and truly less. I think only Hawthorne are less than six to one at the minute. Um. On to St. Kilda versus North. And, geez, there's been a lot of talk about this one. Uh, certainly the last minute of play. Because usually there's been some close games this year where the last minute has thrown up one controversial thing. This yeah. one threw up two, which I thought was excellent uh, uh, marketing and PR from the two sides. So they've done yeah. very well there. Problem is, North are seven and zip, and everyone's talking about the umps. The umps, yeah, yeah and the shot clock. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll go with the first decision then, the umpiring decision. I thought it's actually a very good decision from the umpire because it's one of those, it's a shit free kick, but oh, yeah. it is a free kick. Well, the thing is, he paid it twice already in the match. Yeah. but That it's, exact kick. But it's fine. But it's still, ruck contests are so fucking stupid. And those free kicks are there and they pay them all the time. Well, you know, however many times, it doesn't matter. The free kick's there, the game's on the line, and the ump still called it. Because sometimes you see people in all sports, when it's down to the last 30 seconds, they put the whistle away, which you can kind of understand, but the rules should be the same at the final siren as they are at the first bounce. So that's a brave call from the umpire and a correct one. Well, the, the thing I... North has got an old list. Um, so I thought it was really handy that uh, straight after the game, instead of going all the way to the St. Kilda bars and going in the salt water there, they were just able to do their recovery session in the St. Kilda supporters' tears. I thought the Saints, they were all right. They understood. 
Oh, the team. The team understood. The supporters, not so much. Yeah. But uh, I thought the team actually did really, really well. Because uh, with about, I think it was four minutes to go. Uh, four goals down or something. Yeah, they North took off um, Goldstein, Wells, Higgins and Zebel. Uh, might have thought, oh, you know, Higgins and Wells have had a bit of a knock. Uh, I think, well, no, Wells was already off for the whole quarter, pretty much. Um, we'll, we'll ice them off and, you know, get ready for next week. And then all of a sudden, bang, 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 they've thrown Wells back in. And uh, I think it was with about a minute to go. He's got a massive smother right near the uh, interchange, and which may very well have uh, saved a goal. And that's what it all comes down to, these ones. It's those little yeah. things you can do right at the end that stand out uh, even a little bit more. Yeah, unless you're Eddie Betts. Still doesn't win the game, but try <laughs> Um For the... Uh, and the other controversial thing was uh, Mason Wood on the boundary line, icing the clock. Um, what I don't get is why people were surprised when they put the shot clock up on the scoreboard. Yeah. People are going to look at it and wait for it. Yeah, why well, they're surprised when Bob... Uh, Bob Brown, big Benny Brown, did it uh, the other week. It's like, it's right there. You, it's not his fault. I mean, yeah, exactly. You've you've put the steak in front of the dog and he's eating it. Yeah, exactly. You can't be mad at a dude for going, well, this is in our best interest to win the game, which is kind of the point of this contest. So yeah. take your time, kick the goal. Well, nothing is too that You think it wouldn't have happened without the shot clock? He no. would have just done exactly the same thing. He might have taken a couple of seconds less, maybe, but yeah. same result. Well, when there was a 10-second differential between uh, when he can kick it and when the game ended, it was iced. Yeah. The game was done as soon uh, as that free kick was given. And a lot of people were ignoring the fact that he actually kicked the goal yeah. as well, which not a bad effort from there either. Yeah. No, especially for his, uh, I think it's his second match of the year. But, uh, he's, he hasn't played many. He's yeah. been brilliant in the VFL, so I'm glad he got a shot. And based on the composure he had and the fact he kicked a couple, probably say get a run next week too yeah i hope he does uh good old uh mason northcote um <laughs> the, the saints though to be honest uh this is one of their better seasons out of the last four or five years i mean they're not going to play finals i don't think but geez they've shown a lot this year yeah um that montagna's had his best season in probably five or six mm. years yeah definitely um jack uh jack rewalt nick rewalt's having a resurgence um They'll sign him on for next year very soon if they haven't already. Yeah, I think they've started talking about it already, but that's easy. Um, and Sam Gilbert has been really good the last couple of weeks. So there's yeah, a couple yeah. of players that you thought are trailing. Well, Gilbert's been a bit of a whipping boy up. for the Saints last few years too. So and let's be honest, they've had whipping boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've had their choice of them. Yeah, I thought uh, Memories popped up the last couple of weeks too, kicking some nice goals. Yeah, yeah. Memories done. Yeah, he has done well the last few weeks. It's, it's always he had a bit of promise, and the Saints faithful were sort of behind him. But it's the first time he's really shown it this season. I think it's the tats. Must be, must be the tats. Mm. Uh, and also, it sounds so weird to say, but they kept Jared Waite quiet. Um, so they, they've done all right there. Is uh, Waite's only had four marks for the game, and I think he had uh, four and a quarter last week. So yeah, um, it just sounds weird that they've kept Waite quiet, mm. and that's something that's actually helped win the game. Yeah, Goldstein was pretty quiet. So even though he got uh, thirty-five hitouts and seventeen touches, he he wasn't dominant. I'd say he's no, he's been quiet for a little week. I mean, yeah. When I say quiet, I mean by his standards. Yeah, but he's played more a, a ruck rover style match. I think below his knees, he's one of the best big men I've seen for a few years at least. But uh, although Benny Brown did have that brilliant skeeting goal that yeah. uh, snickered across the skeeting ground. goal. Yeah, 
That's like interesting. A, like <laughs> do like not a, want to see that one. <laughs> don't Google that. Uh, yeah. But um, I think a lot of that is to do with um, Tom Hickey, who has been in a bit of form for the Saints in the Ruck. He's, um, he's been almost like a B-grade Maxi Gorn, where he doesn't look like he's much. <laughs> kind of like Maxi Gorn crossed with... Um, uh, what's that? Crust of the Clowns, Nemesis and Simpsons, Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob. Motherfucker with the long hair, yeah. But did a lot of good work in the ruck, so I think well, he would be one He's getting better. I think he might need a season or two, but uh, well, he's I was, right. Now that you bring up Mexico, and I thought that might be a reason for uh, Goldstein's uh, slight decline, is that you know he's had a lock on the All-Australian uh, ruck spot, and now some other bastards they're talking about. And he's like, yeah. hang on, that's mine. Yeah, That's me. Yep. So I think he might be just you know a couple more weeks sulking before he realises that he hasn't done his dough when he's bet on himself to make all Australian. He'll yep. come back. He'll be right. Yeah. Brent uh, Harvey will get up him because he would have had <laughs> he would have laid off half of the bet, <laughs> and Brent would have taken that half and then laid off uh, three different halves of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would balance his books and yeah. cover yeah, the spread. It was a pretty handy pointy kick though, from uh, yeah. that far out. Yeah. Out. Always say handy point, but it's not often it's true, and it was in this case. Exactly, Although the weirdest thing was that. You know, if you're a minute down, or 40 seconds, whatever it was, and uh, you're down by a point, and you're kicking out from full back, um, the general consensus is, go long. Uh, Basha Hooley disagrees. Well, yep. they were up by a point, um, <laughs> so he should have iced that. But, uh, yeah, when you're down, you've got to move it quickly, and uh, they kicked to the pocket instead, which was weird, to a contest. Very weird. It was wide open. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming, coming right, right for us. us. So is the other pocket. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was an odd decision, which uh, I'm I imagine... Sure, I'm sure no one's brought it up to him. No. <laughs> him I think even Basha Hooli looked at that and went, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but um, Daniel Wells only had 11 touches for the match, but uh, I tell you what, there were 11 Cop fantastic to touches. Yeah, cop to knock. Uh, so that's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's having a great year. Because he set out... Did he set out all... 22 games last year? I think he played uh, one or two. One or two, that's about it. And that would have been early in the year. Yeah. W- wasn't late. But uh, he has been just exactly what uh, North missed last year. And he's been revelation in every game. No, he's, he's done exceptionally well. And that's part of the reason why North is sitting 7-0. Yeah, big win for 300th too. Yeah, the, the, the big guy. He's uh, <laughs> going to get past, I think, um, I think Shimabush... Yep. Archer and Simpson, I think, are the three ahead of him, and obviously uh, Boomer Harvey. Yep. But uh, if he plays the rest of the season, he should go number two on the all-time list for, for the Kangaroos. Yeah, need a bad play, effort. Yeah, need to play another effort. six, yeah. seven years to catch Boomer, though. I don't think he's going to. No, Let's I, just nip that in the bud right there. I think we can put that away. Um, on to the final game was Port Adelaide and Brisbane. Uh, I think once the injuries started in the second quarter, Brisbane were done. Yeah. Um, it got a little bit disheartened, and... Port started to play well. They played really well, actually. Yep. Um, it doesn't matter that they defeated, you know, the team that uh, last year finished second bottom. But... Well, the thing is, you look at the positive as well, especially as a Brisbane supporter. And um, I thought Clay Beams did some good work. Yeah, um, yeah. Zorko coming back from some injuries. Hey, or... Dane Beams. Dane first, Beams, sorry. Yeah, okay. first game back. Yeah. Clay played all so right Clay's too. Clay's been playing the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Dane he, was he coming got back. a sneaky goal. Yeah, good goal too. Not a bad goal. Um, so good to see those positives because yeah. like we were talking about start of the season they're the skeleton they're going to add the meat to to fill out a team but you've got to keep them healthy you've got to keep them on the park so I don't yeah. know if Brisbane are going to win a game away from the Gabba this year um, so every second week you, you, you look to them Yeah, I really like the Brisbane team except for Christensen for some reason I just I want someone to build him all the time it's I, the haircut 
Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. It's just something about him. I just when he gets coat hanged, I I I think that was nice. It was funny how uh, Mark Rusciuto was doing his best Doc Larkins impersonation when <laughs> he got his uh, foot stepped on. And he had him out for the rest of the year. He said, it's a, it's a Rico now. He's done it on the inside. It gets a strap, comes back. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's, got yeah, a, he's still got pace, few. too. I'm going out on a limb and saying that uh, Rusciuto probably wouldn't pass med school. And I've seen some the people that pass med school. Pass med school. I don't think he'd pass a pub. So there are a few of, uh, few of those in the weekend. There's a Jai Cockatoo Collins. He um, did his knee... Uh, came back on, did a hamstring, then came back on, and apparently he uh, no, what was the other one? He did something else in the last quarter as well. Yeah. So apparently had three career-ending injuries in the space of one match. Well, they cancel each other out. Because, <laughs> that's you know, it. Yeah. That's how he comes back. Um, obviously it was the best game Porter played all year. Um, it's yep. a bit funny, Port, because they're what are they four and three? Yeah. Um, and yeah. you know they're in diabolical yeah. situations and. Koshi's got to come out and defend them, and we're not playing Port Adelaide footy. They're not too bad, and the teams they've lost against the teams again, you'd expect them to lose against. Yeah, I think it's the way they lost against those teams. It though. was, yeah, yeah they it got was, flogged. It was hideously bad. It wasn't just the fact they got flogged; it was the fact they were doing stupid shit. Yeah. But their season's still alive, well and truly alive. Yeah, that's the th- thing from Port is that I agree they've got a really good squad, and I just haven't seen them have a plan B or a plan C. Mm. And so the only thing conclusion I can come to is that, that Ken Hinckley isn't that good a coach for that list or something. Well, let's be honest, though. You talk about pressure on them um, and their season not being so bad. To be fair, I'm guessing a lot of Port supporters' math, not not brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they may not realise that there's a lot of season to go and a lot of points up for grabs. Um, again, though, they've still got a lot of hard games ahead of them, but they've already faced Adelaide, and they'll face Adelaide again. They've already faced Geelong. Um, and GWS. So they're their losses, but they were bad losses. But yeah, you go, okay, points-wise, they've still got a lot ahead of them. You know, They've still got a couple of wins, and if they can sneak a few wins against um, top eight sides or top four sides even, they're still in the finals hunt. They're still in the conversation. Well, yeah. we, we've just said before, we expect Geelong to go top four, and GWS and Adelaide will give that a shake. They'll definitely play finals. Um, so... Losing to them isn't the bad part, but yeah. again, it's how they lost. Well, see, last year they lost to Carlton and they lost to Brisbane. So those games are the ones that they're putting away. You know, they've yeah. beaten yeah. Brisbane comfortably, they've beaten Essendon comfortably. Yep. They're the ones that you get worried about if you start losing those games. Um, I think they've got Melbourne coming up in a week or two. That'll be interesting. It'll That'll... be a nice test. It used to be you lose to Melbourne and you question your whole uh, game plan, but uh, now if you lose to Melbourne, you might have just got beat. Yeah, and it's it's happened to them. They're they're a good side, but um, yeah, I, I'm just I'm not all doom and gloom about Port yet. Um, I think they've still got. It's you don't write off this season for them. They they can still make something, and you know if they make the eight, they can win a final. Yeah, out yeah, of yeah. Adelaide. I still yep. feel a little gun shy with uh, Port though, because I think last season I tipped them to win the flag, and I was very wrong. And uh, they owe you. Yeah, at the start of this season, I tipped them to make finals and looks like they're going to struggle to do that. I was going to say, I think we're all wrong last season about everything. So <laughs> i got some things right. I don't care what anyone says. I don't think I got You're the right. least wrong, I think, Brent. No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure I was very wrong about a lot of things. Very yeah. wrong. Yeah, but you were the least wrong of all of us. In fact, I think my predictions from last season were more right this year than they were last year. There you go. You just don't know when you're clairvoyant. Well, clairvoyant, exactly. Mystic Meg. Um, Justin Westhoff, a uh, very interesting player. I've noticed a lot of times he'll go for marks, especially in defence, like the Toyota ad. <laughs> you know how they do that leap up and yeah. nah, 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 oh, I've yeah. got that wrong, but, you know, that's how he nah, jumps. Nah, nah. You know? I, know, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, 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 nah. 
No, no, no. Like a, like a beach volleyball jump kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Throwing the heels back. Anyway, I, I just know. noticed it a couple of times. And I thought, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, he, I he don't rate him at all, to be honest. He, he never looked that coordinated, did he? back to solving mysteries well, with Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Dixon got on the board a bit, uh, which is a nice change, because he hasn't really... I, I don't think... It's probably his best game for Port, but... Yeah, I think I agree with you. But he, not much competition He's there. done, he's done yeah. shit this this season, let's be honest. But, I mean, you know, to get the ball in the forward line first well, before you start doing some stuff. So. He kicked some goals that weren't junk time goals. Yeah. His junk time goals has been his MO yeah. for a few weeks. Um, so, he still needs a breakout game for him. Um, I'm not yeah. giving five goals against Brisbane as a breakout. No. Just, no, and I was about to say that too. job. It's as unimpressive as you can be getting five goals. Yeah. We, I, it's, it, that's harsh, but he's earned that harshness, I think, over yeah. the last couple of weeks. Um, but who hasn't is Aaron Young, who is popping up for goals left, right, and center. He's just doing um, what he needs to do. Mm. Uh, and that's uh, week in, week out. You know, he's doing just that little bit better than you'd hoped, um, which is uh, fantastic. It's what you need from the the bottom of your best 22, if you like. Yeah, and especially where... Port, they've got enough um, sort of outside midfielders and they're a running game, so you get someone like that who can just stay in that and uh, kick a few goals. It Take makes those a big half difference. chances. Yeah. Um, and it makes uh, Backman very nervous. Yeah, yeah, especially where you've got to guard the player and the space, yeah. which is very, very difficult. Um, well, that wraps up round seven, um, which was, I've got to say, on the whole of it, not an exciting round of footy. But no. uh, there's two good games. Oh, look, it's exciting if your team scored 150 points. Yeah. Not exciting if your team was on the other yeah, other end of the pitch. The end of yeah. I think it's also uh, the standard that was set in the first three to four rounds was spectacular. It's high. Yeah, so it, was. it was. A lot of people have expected that to uh, continue and it hasn't quite happened. But okay. uh, maybe, this, maybe this round will be the one. Maybe the uh, interchange reduction is yeah. starting to catch up across the board a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But, well, uh, we'll, we'll it'll be nice to, to um, set it off on the right tone Friday night in Adelaide. Uh, yes, uh, Paddy Dangerfield makes his big comeback uh, to Adelaide in this one. Uh, well, he's been there to play against Port, but now the Crows can actually use their season tickets to go boo him. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be very interesting to see how the players react because at the end of the day, he's still an, an enemy. Yeah, I mean, I just get reminded of um, Bernie Vince versus Dangerfield when yeah. he left Melbourne. I think it's going to be exactly the same like that. Mm-hmm. You'll yeah. see him giving him hell afterwards. I'd love to see some Instagram snaps of him yeah. out having a beer. Down at Connell Street or down Rundle, Rundle Mall or Rundle Street, finally, get me messy. Yeah, I I don't think it'll bother Danger at all, to be honest. He's I, not going to give a fuck. <laughs> he's one of from those, Adelaide. Yeah. He's even got a shit. Plus, he's one of those blokes that you, you give him a hard time, he'll just play better. He's going to bust yeah, through a pack. Yeah, he's proven that. He's going to bust through a pack, take a bounce, handball it off, get it back, kick a goal, and then just give a little wink to yeah. the crowd. That's all he's going to do. Jeez, if um, you're a Geelong sporter, you hope they rough him up. And, uh, Wouldn't you love he turned heel? Yeah. Just, just hardcore full on heel wouldn't it be great if they're walking to the halftime break and yeah. somehow he gets a, a chair I'd love, to, I'd love to kick a goal give the DX John Jones suck it yeah. <laughs> so who, who's going to win though I, I've still got Geelong winning for their yeah. second, oh, look, second win at Adelaide Oval for the year yeah. over at Adelaide Oval it's uh, always a tough ask playing at Adelaide side that is as talented as this but again we've mentioned so many times Geelong are such a top quality side I reckon they can do it yeah I think the the Achilles' heel of Adelaide is that quick, hard midfield that can get first use of the ball. So I think that'll be the advantage that Geelong have that will really take away from the strategy and game plan that Adelaide have been employing the last few rounds. Adelaide already have 
the Sydney scalp you know, Adelaide Oval. So if they get Geelong here, that's two real big ones for them. And uh, yeah. Again, their hardest part of the draw is already behind them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Essendon, North Melbourne at Etihad Stadium. North Melbourne win this by 90. Well, that's, it, it shouldn't be a matter of will North win. It's by how much. Yeah, but, just a um, booster this in, one. In the past, North have dropped those. That's so, exactly what I was hoping. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> a little concerned, that. but I think Essendon are too terrible, especially at Eddie Had, for that to be the case. So They're too terrible. They're too short. If it's... North are less than 10 goals and Jared Waite kicks less than seven, I'd say that's a win for Essendon. Putting the, put the line at seven. I'll well, tell you what, yeah. go a, get some odds on that. A bloke with his ability to mark, and Essendon don't have a backman who can stand him. He's got to get lots of the... Plenty of opportunities. Yeah, and you don't even need to be a quality midfielder to just keep bombing it long. I tell you what, how pissed off are you going to be when uh, Brad Scott rests him? <laughs> <laughs> Which he very well could. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he rested Goldstein, to be honest, because Goldie looks like he uh, hasn't quite been right. I don't know. It could be McKernan's breakout game. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was the highlight of last year. Goldstein picking McKernan's pocket. So maybe he wants to get that again. I don't know. Uh, Frio make the long trip down to Tassie to face Hawthorne. It is just like this season that Frio could be uh, 0-7 and go and get their first win against Hawthorne, who were nearly unbeatable down in Tassie. Yeah, but the thing is, every time I saw Frio play in Tassie, they look unwinnable. Yeah, they looked shit ass. Yeah, yeah. so I just can't see Frio playing their best and Hawks playing their worst and Frio still uh, winning. Looking at the odds, Frio are sevens. You might as well make that 700s because I, I give them no chance. Yeah. See, that's just it. The Frio are just starting to hit their stride now. Um, but if this is at Subiaco, it might be a different story. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's different hitting your stride when you're already in motion. But they're trying yeah. to hit their stride when they've been running backwards. From standstill. Yeah, yeah, from backwards, yeah. Hey, look, we've got rain, we've got boomerang winds. You never know anything can happen. <laughs> but I don't see it likely that Hawthorne loses game. Gold Coast Suns travelling to the west of Sydney. Um, let's see. Hawthorne lost by 75. Gold Coast, 110, 115. Well, I think the Giants will give them a fair heighten, especially because they'd be pretty motivated for this one because the measuring stick of the Giants is going to be Gold Coast. Yeah, and I'm the same. I think the Giants will give it a heighten, but I just feel disappointed already. This is a game we should be looking forward to based on where the two yep. teams come from, where they've sort of recruited and oh, I'm looking forward the, to the promise. Like, the... Should, yeah, they should have like this sense of pride against each other coming in the same time, and it should be a real close-fought contest. They're the same... Um, um, sort of concessions from the AFL to get draft picks and things like that. And Gold Coast definitely showed the promise. But ever since that off-field controversy, which saw them lose a few players, they never really recovered from that. So, hmm. Absolutely. Um, GWS now will be going for a few in a row and looking at uh, some real big scores here, I think. They, um, they look Ste- menacing. Stevie J is going to... I mean, they've got too many, too many forward targets that... Uh, I can't see how they're going to get covered. Yeah. Uh, is Stephen May back yet, or is this his last uh, one sitting no, out? No, I've got a feeling he might be back. Yeah, um, that'll help. That might keep it under 100 if he is. He laid... Who did he lay out? He laid out Mitch Duncan, so they're playing... Did he? Was it Duncan? No, that? that was um, Mumford. Oh, yeah, it was too. Nah, yeah. Stefan Martin. Martin, yeah, that's yeah. so, right. So they're playing Brisbane. Against uh, Brisbane, was, so... Yeah. Yes, uh, it's still going to be a big win for the Giants there. Yep. Brisbane hosting Collingwood. Not an easy w- uh, day at the office for Collingwood at all. No. Honestly, up, up at the, the Gabba, 100. I'm, I'm going for Lions. I reckon they'll do it. I think they've got a good chance, especially like, okay, they've lost Zorko, um, which which hurts. Is it is, Was it Zorko they lost? Zorko. I can't remember. 
uh, I'm pretty sure it was Zorko that uh, he uh, did his hammy um, during this game. Or, no, Rockliffe. It was Rockliffe. Rockliffe. Oh, right. Damn it. Anyway, they've lost uh, Rockliffe um, to a hamstring for this one. Um, but with Reed out and also I think Nathan Brown's in trouble um, at Collingwood. Collingwood are falling like flies. The pressure's yes. on. Dunwest got an all-Australian team in injuries. They've got a better team in injuries. Yeah. A better team sitting in the stands. Yep. I think uh, they won't be worried about being outcoached in this one, though, because Lickich yeah. hasn't really shown a lot of uh, tactical nous. But having said that, neither has Buckley. They've both shown how to break players. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. Aisha's first time back at uh, Brisbane. Uh, I think there might be a few players that remind him why yeah. he wasn't good enough yeah. to make this Brisbane side. They might remind the crowd about who Aisha is as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Brisbane as well. I yeah, I'll go Brisbane. Outs. Yeah. Uh, the Tigers hosting uh, Sydney at the MCG on Saturday night. You going in for this one, Brenton? Um, yeah, I think I might have to. I, I wussed out on the Hawthorne one last week because I didn't expect us to win that one, and I don't expect us to win this one, but it'll be a bit less painful. You, yeah. You'll get a walk-up seat. I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. going to be a, a, a fair-weather watcher on that one. If it uh, looks stormy like it did today, I'm I'm not making the Sweet. trip in. You're my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Anything less than 22 degrees during the day, it's off. <laughs> Anything less than 10 goals, it could be, could be our second-best game of the season. Actually, well, I think the, the wet would probably suit Richmond more. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was no. soon as more... Although, in, having said that, Sydney no. played Sydney in the wet last week. It, it, it was yeah. soon as more in, in as much as Sydney won't kick as many goals. But Buddy so, loves the wet. Uh, Rance is back, yeah. um, which is something uh, good, and he'll stand Buddy, but uh, I still think Buddy might have too much of the ball. That yeah. I think Rance is the wrong player to have on Buddy. Who else they got? Yeah, yeah that, that's the problem. They don't have uh, a shoulder-to-shoulder defender. Travis Cloak next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honestly, that wouldn't be such a bad thing for him. Full-backs and half-back, get on it. Don't let him anywhere near the goals. Oh, shit, no. Fuck no. Carlton hosting Port Adelaide. You know what? This is a good game for Port Adelaide to get out of Adelaide, to get a win away from home. Uh, Carlton obviously gettable, um, and I can't see Carlton winning four in a row. You see, I I couldn't see them winning four in a row uh, pre-season, but I, I reckon this is very much Carlton's game to win. Uh, yeah, they're playing no. some nice footy. I was feeling the same. I think Carlton. I think this would be a good contest for midfielders. Uh, I yeah, like yep. the way that. Uh, I mean, I don't really like the way, but Carlton is one of their positives has been uh, Kerridge and Kernow and those who have had a bit more free-flowing game and added to Carlton to midfield. So I'd like to see them go up head-to-head against the uh, wing guards. And well, if they put Robbie Gray back Gray's, in too. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, look, I think uh, Port uh, found their feet last week and yeah. this will be just a time where they've got a head of steam up and they'll run mm. over Carlton. I think Port have the greater potential, but they're not playing to it at the moment, whereas Carlton... Are achieving more than anyone thought they would. Got no potential and are playing well above it. <laughs> uh, Melbourne and the Bulldogs at the MCG. This t- could be an absolute cracker of a game. Oh, um, There's so much run in these two sides, but I'm going to tip an upset, and I'm going to say Melbourne are going to get them. I'd say solely because it's at the G. Yep. Uh, if this was Eddie had with the narrower wings, I think uh, the Bulldogs would exploit that a bit uh, better. But with Gorn giving them first touch and so much space to run into, I think Melbourne's going to have it. That's See, it. The Bulldogs aren't playing a, a regular Ruckman. I'm still not sold. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Melbourne being consistent performers. And I think Western Bulldogs only had that one slip up. So yeah, I think the I think Bulldogs will do it easy, to be honest. Um finally, anybody game to tip St. Kilda? to beat West Coast over at Domain? Oh, I think it'll be closer than a lot of people think because St. Kilda have been, you know, within 30 seconds of, uh, what, three wins yeah. this season. And you could argue they should have picked up what, at least one or two of those. But uh, you'd be wrong because they didn't. But look, I think that it'll come close. But I still can't see West Coast losing over there. I think that Saints will be still in it in the third quarter. But it'll be a comfortable result for West Coast. Mm, yeah, I think West Coast got it. West Coast. All right, that'll wrap us up for uh, the future round eight. Um, like we always say, clickingballs.com, uh, hit us up on Facebook and yeah. you know, give the uh, the footy podcast game show some love as well. Have a look at that because uh, yeah. I think there's, there's something there. The last episode was one of the better ones. Yeah, we're trying to put yeah. a few out there and we'll get some guests on yeah, uh, we, hopefully in the future. We figured out we're much better when we're half tanked. Uh, we remember some things and then we just lie or break them up. I've dumbed it down as much as I possibly could. Yeah. On uh, <laughs> the trivia side of things. So. Uh, also, download from SoundCloud if you want uh, no ads. So, yeah, hit that up. All right, yeah. that'll do us. Right, see, you see you next Tuesday. Right, peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.